Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Predators Podcast. John Garcia filling in for Adam Bingen here. I'm here as always with Joe Rexroad. How you doing today, Joe? I'm good, John. How's it going? All-star break on the way here. It is. I'm off my hockey hiatus, which is, uh, you know, when you've been doing something for so long, day in, day out, every day for, you know, almost 10 years and you take a step back, it feels pretty good, actually. So you, nice. so you, so a bit of a hiatus then. The work of the Stanley Cup final and then the, just the crushing crushing defeat of another Washington Capitals playoff exit in the second round of the Pittsburgh Penguins was just a little too much. I had to step away from the game for a little bit and hockey's fun in October, but once you start getting into about like now time, that's when it really starts to ramp up a little bit. So you're energized to jump back into the fray. Yeah. It's like I woke up from a nap. It's it's pretty nice. Yeah. More than a power nap. Yeah, a little bit. It's like a Rumpelstiltskin slumber, <laughs> I think. But yeah, very energized, very ready to go. And it looks like we've got some stuff to talk about. So let's start real quick with the game that just happened between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the National Predators, two of the top teams in the league. The Tampa Bay Lightning are the top team in the league. And uh, in my opinion, it lived up to the hype. What do you think? Yeah, like the first period was total like fire wagon excitement, you know, back and forth. And I was like, oh, this is going to be like a 6-5 game. And then it settled into a like a tense playoff feeling kind of game. And, you know, unfortunate for the Predators to not get the two points when you have that lead. Peter Laviolette expressed that disappointment afterward, you know, said you got to be a little more focused. But Steven Stamkos, man, uh, you know, that shot for him, very few people would you rather have taken that shot. I mean, UC knew it was coming. UC yeah. Saros, who I thought had a really good game, but he's just, he's yeah, the, just lethal. The only other person that, Alex Ovechkin from that from that one timer at the faceoff dot is really the only other person that can execute it better than Steven Stamkos. And there, I mean, you watch, you watch it. There's nothing that you can do about that. Yeah. You know it's coming. All you do is you get in the way. And you hope, hope to get lucky. You. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was a great game. And and you know, a lot of people said this. We overuse the Stanley Cup Final Preview in whatever NBA Final Preview. Uh, but I'd be cool with that. Uh, I, you know, th- think of the fun we could have with these two teams going at it for, uh, you know, for seven-game series. Yeah, I remember I joked. I think it was the year that Nashville beat Anaheim for their first-ever playoff win. Uh, and I joked with a friend of mine. I was like, all right, man, I'm going for a Nashville-Tampa Bay Stanley Cup final. It's on the way. It's coming. And, of course, that was a joke then. But now, I mean, that is something that we could absolutely see. And I would love that because me, I'm a huge, huge fan of non-traditional hockey markets, whether it be Tampa, Dallas, Las Vegas, Nashville, anything like that. And I, I think that would be great for the league and i mean both these teams are just incredibly fun to watch yeah tons of fun it, it could be called the sean henry they could play for the stanley cup and also the sean henry cup he would have to like create like some sort of ceramic you know because of course sean henry predator ceo was with the lightning when they won it all in 04 he was with that organization so uh yeah that would be that would be fun and it would be a very warm be a lot of talk of the ice during mm-hmm. the stanley cup final which of course there was here anyway last year yeah and let me ask you this question do you know 
what constitutes goalie interference anymore. Oh, I don't. I'm, I have no idea. I'm. I mean, look. Obviously, blue ice, white ice. You know, is is you, know, you start there. But then you get when you when you're on white ice, then it's intent and how much, and it's very subjective. And and I've been so wrong. On I mean, like on the the goal reviews just with Predators games this year, I bet you I'm like twenty percent on my guessing both ways. Like I've thought, yeah. yes, it is, or no, that isn't, and I've been wrong both. So no, I'm not a good person to ask. No, I mean I I mean I've been watching hockey for I don't even know how many years. I have no idea. I mean when I. Let me uh, preface by saying I think that the right call was made in the context of that game. It seemed like it. Yeah. Now, Arvidsson did have contact with Louis Domingue. He did touch him. But did he impede him from stopping the puck? In my opinion, no, I don't think so. But at the same time, I have seen goals get overturned just because there's a little bit of contact. A brush. Yeah, so you just, you just don't know anymore. And it's just one of those things that's so infuriating when you're watching a game and you never know what's going to come back and what's not or how it's going to call. Because I really am not that uh, against coaches' challenges and the video reviews yeah. and stuff like that. But just the consistency has to be has to be there, and it, it never is. And just one of those things you see it every night that you just you know you just flip a coin and pray. Yeah, I mean, I like replay review. I mean, I think there are times there are egregiously bad calls that you can make right, and that's great. Let's make them right. But that's what we have here. Just it reminds me of football a little bit too, with like a, a catch. What's a catch? You know, and and you see some of these calls, and you see calls overturn where it's like, there's no way that was absolutely definitive. Maybe you made the right call, but that's another thing. Don't you have to defer to the original call? I mean, you do in football. It's different with this. The Predators had one, I believe the game before, that I absolutely thought was interference on the Predators. Maybe it was two games before. I'm, they, they run together. Mm-hmm. I absolutely thought should have been called because I thought – the goalie was impeded and that also was not called interference. So yeah, it's you, you definitely have to have more consistency, less time taken, all those things that are the problems with replay review. Yeah. And I don't think that we're going to get an answer on that anytime soon. So I guess really the only big, and I'm using air quotes here for people (laughs) who are, who can't see, but really the only big news this week, I think is just, you know, Cody McLeod waved bye, See ya. Uh, we kind of knew that this was going to happen. David Poyle had said that, you know, forwards were probably going to get squeezed out as people are getting healthy. And Philip Forsberg is getting closer to returning, but I don't think he's ready to start getting back onto the ice to play in games just yet. Uh, what do you think about the waving of Cody McLeod? Well, I think the Predators were hoping he cleared. And it's not, it's not a crushing loss, but he's a good guy in the locker room. He's respected. He is a presence that... Here and there, it's nice to have that card to play. I mean, when they got him last year, I think it was obvious they needed something like that. They needed more toughness out there. They needed an enforcer. They needs they needed someone to protect their skill guys who were getting beat up. And he came right in. I think he did a great job. You think about in the playoffs at times, I think Cody McLeod was absolutely an asset. He had a huge goal in the St. Louis series. I mean, look, he's he's he has limited skill, and with this roster, he just he was gonna be a healthy scratch almost every night. So you knew that. And like you said, now Forsberg's coming back. He was a logical guy to be squeezed out, but if they could have if they, if they could have had him clear and sent him to Milwaukee, they would have I think liked to have that just in the back pocket. But yeah, look, you can't have every luxury. And so, you know, hopefully for him, 
Um, it's the Rangers. The Rangers picked, picked him up. I guess and hopefully, play with Jimmy VC now. Oh and my goodness! I think I believe they're playing the Rangers here uh, next week. Yeah, pretty soon. Yeah. So homecoming for Cody McLeod. So yeah, I mean, good for him. You know, hopefully he gets a chance to play more. I I really think, you know, look, there were times he he uh, you know got blamed for things, and there were, you know he wasn't a great player. But I think he was a presence and an asset to the organization, and I, and I think he will be missing the locker room. Yeah, I was uh, I was always on the fence about him coming in just because I knew what he did in Colorado, and uh, and my opinion when that was going on, I didn't think that Nashville really need. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I didn't think that Nashville really needed that grit and toughness more because they've had that for so many years. With you know, especially during the Barry Trotz era, yet all these players that had the skill sets of Cody McLeod that just never you know, would do anything. And that was always the the criticism with uh, Barry Trott's team. But, you know, he had some very important goals in the playoffs. And, you know, there were times when Peter Laviolette put him in the playoff roster on their run to the Stanley Cup Finals specifically for that grit and that toughness. And, you know, I'm going to defer to Peter Laviolette, who knows a little bit more about hockey than I do. But, yeah, so... I- I think that with the emergence of people like Austin Watson and Salamaki coming back, who is starting to be a little bit more redundant, especially because he's starting to get up there in age. I, I, I think even like a like a Subban and like even like Subban and Ekholm to me are more because I think what they were missing earlier was Shea Weber that that intimidation yeah. thing. You know, yeah. I mean, maybe it was short lived and it wasn't a huge need, but I, but I, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, this team now does not lack for that, so. Good luck, Cody. Yeah. So uh, speaking of New York teams, uh, the Predators were recording this on Thursday in the afternoon. Uh, They have a uh, game in beautiful Newark, New Jersey tonight. Adam Uh, Vingen on the scene. That's where he's at. The Devils are mired in a three-game losing skid right now. They're going to be missing two of their players. Taylor Hall is not going to be playing tonight. And Marcus Johansson, did you see the hit? that uh, Brad Marchand had on him that got him a five-game suspension. I did not. Oh, man, it was disgusting. I'm going to look it up right now. It was just a blatant elbow to the head, and, and of course, Bruins management is going to try to defend their guy as anyone would do in their team, but he just flat-out throws an elbow at Marcus Johansson. He's got his second concussion of the year. Johansson has missed a bunch of time this year. I, I just I don't know why Department of Player Safety lets Marchand keep doing that. Yes, five games is a lot, but he is a repeat offender, over and over and over and over again. He's a repeat, repeat, repeat offender. And, you know, yeah, you can hear that talking about player safety and they care about concussions and head hits and they've been cracking down on the slashes this year. Yeah, it's it's terrible, isn't it? That's a bad one. Yeah. Looking at it as you speak. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's uh, it's unfortunate. And again, you know, you mentioned concussions. I mean, I still think that we are headed toward. I still think hockey is much in denial about that as a league. I mean, we've heard Gary Bettman, Gary Bettman's comments. Said. Yeah, we, there's no proof and all this stuff. I mean, you got to get out of the out of the Stone Ages with this stuff. And I think that time is coming. I think that discussion needs to be had more often. I don't think it's talked about enough. It was talked about a lot in the NFL. We saw how the NFL tried to handle it, you know, as deceptively and and disgustingly, frankly, as you could be early on in that process. And it's not maybe the same thing with the NHL. I mean, they have protocol that, that, you know, that I think they try to take it seriously, but it's still something that needs to be talked about more. And I agree. You have to have more of a deterrent to plays like that. I mean, that is a nasty, nasty play. Yeah. I mean, you look at that and, I mean, again, the only reason why Bruins Brass would say that he was, you know, it was unintentional is just because they're going to go and try and defend their guy and stick up for him. And he's one of their better players, so they want him on the ice. But, I mean, things like that, 
hockey is such a fast game. It's a dangerous game. They're, you're never going to eliminate concussions from it. Just they're going to happen. But when you look at that, that is just that's as blatant to me as you can possibly get. And there should be no place in the game for anything like that. Yeah, and cl- trying to claim that was uh, inadvertent is to me ridiculous. He saw exactly where he was and he took a shot. And that's the type of play. Maybe he didn't mean to make as much contact as he did, but that that could be a career-ending hit. Exactly, and I, I yeah, and I don't want to speculate, but I know you know two concussions in the in the same season is not not no. good for a player um, who's had some injury problems uh, in the past. And I just you know can't give the benefit of the doubt to Brad Marchand just because he's done this before. He's that's who he is as a player. And yes, he scores goals, he gets points, he's one of the best players on the Bruins, but it's. Just as a as a fan of hockey, it's just sad to see someone like that just get such a rope and continue to keep playing. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, when it's someone who's an enforcer who isn't as valuable, it's funny how the discussion's different for those people too, right? Right. Because right. this this guy is actually an asset beyond doing these things. I mean, so and that also, I mean, you have to be judged all the same for your actions, right? And Rafi Torres kind of fit that mold where he was, you know, going out there trying to end guys' careers almost, and he finally got you know a half season suspension at some point. I don't think the league is ever going to do that to Brad Marchand. If they do, I'll be shocked. But I don't know. It's just. That that that's my rant on, yes, on my soapbox for the good day. Good rant. Um, all right. So looking at the Predators schedule coming up, where did it go? Uh, they've they're playing in New Jersey tonight, and then they they actually have a pretty. I don't know if I would say tough schedule coming up, but competitive schedule. Uh, they've got the Blackhawks coming up here, which even though they're not doing uh, so great this season. You know, it still it's means Blackhawks, a lot, right? It it's still means a lot. Teams hate yeah. each other, and then they have a couple of a uh, couple of matches up against. They've got the the Kings coming up. We're out of a playoff spot, but are still going on. Uh, they just snapped their winning or their losing streak. I'm sorry. I think they're at six or seven games, which is the most that they've had since 2006. And when you and Adam previously talked about what teams that you think are going to be in the playoffs in the Western Conference, that was my pick. When I was listening to you guys talk about it, I think that the Kings started off really, really, really well. They've slumped a little bit, but they're coming back. They're going to get Jeff Carter back here in a little while. Now that they've got a taste of winning, that should probably be a very entertaining game with them. Because, again, they were another one of the teams that were top in the Western Conference in the first half of the season. Yeah, you know, and then then as you mentioned earlier, you know, the Rangers and Cody McLeod come in and then a big road swing. I mean... Islanders, you know, Toronto, there's a there's a really enticing game, of course. At Ottawa, Tourists return at Montreal, another, you know, reunion type game there, and then coming back home for the blues. So I mean, but I just I can't think of any other than like the week off and here and there where you feel like, oh, here's a light part of the schedule for the Predators. I mean, it's it's kind of amazing as well as they've played, you know, the lack of separation within the division. Yeah, and Adam Vigan just had yeah. a column or a, an article about that on tennessean.com. Um yeah, and it's uh, cuz I wanted to ask you, so barring anything catastrophic like a bunch of players getting in a car wreck and not being able to play for the rest of the season, it looks like the Predators are likely going to make the playoffs again um and be tabbed to go to a repeat Stanley Cup final. What do they need to do for the rest of this season to either like keep up with expectations or do they have any expectations now from where they are in the standings? Do they just play out the string and hope that everyone stays healthy? 
Well, yeah, I mean, ultimately, you look at last year and you say, the bottom line is be as healthy as you can be and get in, and then anything's possible. But I, I think going for the one seed or just getting as much home ice as you can get is definitely – I think they really want that too. Uh, you know, last year, I mean, there were there were questions at this time of the year, is this team going to get in? Most of the year, that was a question. Yeah. You know, this team, I, I you know, I think there's – even though they, they started every series of the road win last year before they got to the Stanley Cup final – I think having home ice, you got to look at it and say, man, imagine just having that benefit. I mean, that for this team in that environment, I think it's really worth going for. They've got the great goalie rotation right now. They should be able to keep them both fresh. They feel fine with either one of them out there. That's a heck of a luxury yeah, absolutely. that most teams don't have. And I think if there's one thing, I mean, obviously they need to get guys back. They'll get Forsberg back soon. Ellis is back, and he looks like Ryan Ellis again. But Ryan Johansson's a guy that I think, you know, at some point, I mean, five goals, I've, I've kind of – downplayed that whole thing all year. I mean, I know he just signed the big deal, so it's going to be more of a talking point. Mm-hmm. He's just he's such a good playmaker and a presence out there, but at some point you, know, you do have, you got to put the put the puck in the net here a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, the, the arrival I, of Kyle Turris has really kind of, you know, put the struggles of Ryan Johansson aside because of how well Turris has been doing and how well the people around Turris have been. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, at some point it's going to be, I believe, Back to that top line, uh, you know, which is a fantastic line, and that's just a great couple of lines right there. If they put it back that way, and he's a guy I'm looking looking at and saying, you know, I, I would think that he would be. <clears throat> you can't not play your game. I mean, he is a distributor by nature. He has great vision and feel for passing the puck, but he's also a guy who at times can just muscle his way to a goal. He did that in the playoffs. I think he had a perfect balance of what his game should be in the playoffs last year, and I haven't seen it this year. So if there's one individual, I'm, I'm looking at him. Yeah, he needs to start using his size a little bit more because he can he can do that. He's one of those players that if he if he wants to or if he needs to, you can outmuscle people or yeah. use his big size. He had great success with that in Columbus. He had a lot of success with that when he first got to got to Nashville. I mean, players slump. I mean, we saw Craig Smith last year go through an entire season of a slump and look where he's at right now. So it's not the end of the world, but you know, I, I do think that's something that, to, that the Predators need to be mindful of, especially getting him going for the playoffs where you need every ounce of center depth that you possibly have. Yeah, and you need him to be a number one center. I mean, again, think about how he played in the Chicago series in particular. He was, at times, just a force, just mm-hmm. dominant, you know, going against Taves. And, I mean, that's I, that player is in there, and I don't sense any panic in that regard. I mean, it's almost like, wow, imagine what this team could be if that happened. You know, then you get Forsberg back. I mean, it's still mostly good things going on with this team. But like you said, John, I mean – once you get close, we're getting closer to the postseason, and that's where you really want him rolling and using all aspects of his game. Great. And uh, yeah, one, once again, just looking at the standings of the Central, it's kind of ridiculous. Although Nashville does have three games in hand on the Winnipeg Jets and four games in hand on the St. Louis Blues. So as long as they keep winning, which is something that the Predators are very good at this season, um, they should at least be able to stay right where they are or they can make up ground just because the other teams aren't are running out of games. Um, so we've got a game against New Jersey tonight. We will be back with you next week to chat about all things in the Nashville professional hockey team. I believe Adam should be back from his, uh, from his excursion at some point. If not, he'll call in. Maybe we won't get to see his haircut this time. <laughs> I'm sure he's getting a new one right before uh, you know, the game today because yeah, it's been like three days, right? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Adam's haircut should have its own podcast. 
you know, that's a pretty good idea. We should do that. I'm not as well quaffed as he is. You know, you, I can, you keep it pretty tight, though. I, I, yeah. I try, try. We go to. We actually do. Uh, I think we go to the same uh, same place to get our haircut really? in East Nashville. Yeah, I think so. Yes, you guys should do that from the barber chairs. Yeah, actually, that's that a would be hundred percent winnable <laughs> idea. Awesome. All right, thank you guys so much. Uh, you can follow Joe Rexroad at Joe Rexroad. You can follow me at Jay Garcia thirty six and Adam wherever he is in Hockey Land. You can follow him at Adam Vingen. So thank you guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs>